We are underway. From Rainbow Bay to Rainbow Beach to the Switch and everything in between. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. Have a funny day. Go and have fun now. Your new local. You're going to love this place. It's the Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo. Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo back in the ring for another swing. It's Do you know I listen to our podcasts? I love them. I hope. Well, I hope our uh, au pair is not going to listen to this podcast. So to give everybody a bit of context, Am's gone back to work and we've employed a young girl, 27, uh, from England to look after our children. And I want to preference this by saying when she's in charge of our kids, mm. outstanding. Oh, can, can we just quickly stop down for a sec and just applaud our man in the corner who famously struggles with the French language? That's the first bit of French you've got right. Au pair. Au pair. Well done. Well, she doesn't like being called a nanny, which I've been told. She's not a nanny. She's an au pair. So What's I'm just, the difference? Yeah. An au pair lives with you. A nanny comes in for the day and goes home to their own place. Oh. So an au pair is like part of the family. Oh, so au pair is above the nanny in the pecking order. Yes, they right, are. Okay. Yes. So it's been a bit hot. I, I accept she's from London, so getting her body temperature right would be... There's some adjustment. I was born in the Territory and I'm struggling with this heat, so I can only imagine how hard it is for her. Well, I've had a chat to her about waste of aircon. Like, she has gone... So, give everybody some context. I'm living with my father-in-law at the moment. She has a room there. She also has a room back at our house at the moment, which she likes to go there on weekends, So because that's when she's off. So, she stays at our house on weekends. We still go back to the house. I had to go back to the house to grab um, some UNO cards. At 7 a.m. yesterday morning. So I go in there. She's in her room, obviously asleep, with the aircon on, which I've got no problem with. Mm. What I do have a problem with is that the aircon in the lounge room on <gasps> and the fans, mm-hmm. the aircon in the kitchen is on oh. and the fan, and she's got the door from the laundry out to the clothesline <gasps> wide open, open that's oh. been on all night. So... I did think the temperatures in Ipswich have been a bit lower. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than me handling it the way I normally would handle things, which we all know doesn't end well for anybody. It's a tone issue. It's a tone issue. I went back to Am and I probably used the wrong tone to her about what she needs to do with that. Oh, no. So not only does my wife have the still not talking to me, um, I've now got issues with the au pair. I'm not going to name her because I like her a lot that she has no understanding whatsoever of what happens with aircon. So do I take dock her money off her wage or do I just explain to her for the first and only time she's blown up the car already. She's already blown up the car with the engine, right? Um, She went to get food the other night, came back after she got off the phone to her mother and it was cold, uh, our our, um, Nando's chicken, and now... (laughs) No, I'm serious. And now we've got this issue around the air cons. I think you need to approach it first before you dock her pay because you might be reported to fair work after yeah. that. I think, it's comple- <laughs> I think you just bring it up. I think it's completely reasonable to have a conversation. I can't dock her pay, but I think it's completely reasonable to have a conversation with her about it. Like you're the ultimate tight ass. You would blow up. I would blow up. You no, would blow up the locks. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in that position to hire an au pair. <laughs> Can I? Do you know where? Oh, come on. I am. I am. Look, I, I sympathise with you to an extent, but I'm so grateful because do you know where I thought this was going? Let's go back to how you started this story. 
We've hired a young 27-year-old girl from England who's having trouble adjusting her body temperature. Mm. And I walked in at our house the other day at 7 a.m., and she was asleep. And I basically thought you'd walked in on her in the nude. I thought no. she was getting around with too much flesh hanging about. No, well, and you were going to have a problem. No, with, uh, no. or she, she's well, done he wouldn't that. have had a problem oh, with that. That's a whole other so. conversation. Excuse me. Yes, I would have. One dog, one bone, James. You won't believe what she's done. <laughs> Very sad news today. Anyone that knows me knows that Neville is my favourite thing in the world. My dog. Uh, I don't have any children, but uh, Neville. I adopted him. Oh, probably eight years ago. So he's been a very big part of my life and very sad news today that he will have to be put down next week. So, yeah, he started limping on a couple of legs and it was really sad. He did his ACL uh, probably a couple of years ago now, probably when we started this show, Mm. I think um, I mentioned he did his ACL and was sort of limping around and then had some x-rays today and found out he's got some spots on his elbow, which is kind of like... Not bone cancer, but sort of like that. So, yeah. So it's just really sad, I think, when you lose a pet or you know that you have to, oh, I didn't want to cry, Um, that you want to put them out of pain because you know they're in so much pain. And I think losing a pet is probably the worst thing. The worst. Especially for Neville, who I just loved so much. Yeah, has been a big part of my life. Jones, we know how much Nev meant to you. And, I mean, he was a rescue dog. You guys, you actually, you and Damo, you both had him. And, and yeah. look, despite the fact, like, it just must be heartbreaking. Like, and I've cried so much the last 24 hours because it's just so hard when you don't, yeah, when you know they're struggling and that they're not going to be there anymore. And it's such a hard decision to make when, you know, they're still alive. It's yeah, a selfless exactly. decision. Yeah, and you just don't want to see them in pain and so... Just going through all the processes of what you do with your dog when they pass away. And, yeah, so we went to Tuong Family Vet. They're so lovely there. But, yeah, just when you find out and you get that horrible call where you, you have to make the decision to put a dog down, it's so sad. It's, I mean, I've only had the one dog in my life and um, we had him, you know, for 14 years growing up and he was my best mate. And uh, in some sort of small saving grace, I was actually overseas when my parents had to make that decision and... So I was saved that, but I, I mean, it, it gutted me. It was, yeah. it, it, it kicks you to your knees. It's Yeah, because they're by your side all the time through the good times and the bad. And Nev's like, listen to everything that I've ever had to say. And um, anyone who speaks to me always asks me about Nev and he's just um, such a beautiful dog. And every time he goes to the vet, they just love him there because <laughs> he's so such a happy dog and he was still happy today. And yeah, it's just really hard when you lose a family member and yeah, especially a dog that's oh, beautiful like Nev. It is a family member. Yeah, it so yeah, it's really sad news that, yeah, having to put him down, it's just really hard. Yeah. Are you, I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's happened today, so yeah. it's... And, you know, there'd be people driving along listening yeah. to this right now who um, I imagine there's some people with some tears in their eyes because they're, it's, they're going straight back to the memory of yeah. being through exactly what you've been through. It's such a hard decision to make too because, yeah, you just don't want them in pain at all and, yeah, it's just losing your best friend. Well, I'm sorry to I'm sorry that you, you know, you had yeah. to deal with you're going through that at the moment. I guess yeah. if you keep, as Dobbo said, you're making it's, it is a selfless decision because yeah. you're making it for the... Well, you're doing it out of love. Well, yeah, that's you're actually, right. You're yeah. actually making a decision out of love, which yeah. is hard. And, and I've had it happen three or four times yeah. and I don't think it gets any easier. No. no, I don't think so. So if anyone else is losing a pet or anything, mm. it's I hear you and I feel you and it's horrible. And yeah, we're all going through it.
Well said, Lisa. Last night, Tom Brady was in Brisbane for his one night of Meet Tom Brady. Uh, he spoke for an hour and a half at the Brisbane Exhibition and Convention Centre out there at um, at the Ecker Grounds. I was there. Um, for those who don't know who Tom Brady is, he's the greatest NFL player of all time. He's a huge brand and he's bigger than just a sporting icon. He's world, world famous. He was by far the most famous person that I've ever seen in real life or even met. So there was a few options. You could, if you're a corporate, you could buy a table and I think it was like $1,400 a person for a table of 10 or you could buy a gold seat for $350 and then they work back to about $150 a seat for so the right of the, at the back. Big, so, big ticket event. Mm, big, big ticket, ticket event. event. Three and a half to 4,000 people there. Wow. And what does he talk about? <clears throat> what does he share? So, well, I, I'll get to that in a minute uh, in the sense that he didn't talk about anything. He just talked about his preparation and it was a bit businessy. He told a couple of stories about Michael Jordan. He's great mate, Michael Jordan, which was unbelievable. Mm. He was very good. A crap MC can ruin a guest and oh. they bought some American MC who just made it about himself. Uh. Like, and yeah, anybody who went there last night would understand that. Australian audiences are very different to US audiences. Mm. Well, very the, different. I wanted to hear about Gronk and Belichick and, and, and I, I wanted to hear about his preparation, what he did, and we got some of it, but then an MC jumping in, cutting him off, it was a bit. But look, unbelievable moments. He threw a ball, a spiral pass to Lockie Neal, the uh, Lions co-captain, one to Reese Walsh, one to Luke Hodge. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I paid $378 to go on my own for a gold seat. On Friday, I got an email saying, for an extra $750, you can meet and get an individual photo with Tom Brady. I'm like... That sounds like a good investment. Well, (laughs) I don't know if it was or not, and I never discussed it with the Minister for Finance and Defence at our house, but I just went... I actually went then and bought the ticket. So I'm lining up. So you're 1100 bucks out of pocket. I'm $1,100 of my own money to go and meet Tom Brady and hear him speak. Right. I think it's once in a lifetime. He's arguably he's in the top five greatest sports okay. men or women of all time. Yeah. So I'm I'm there. So to go and to give everybody an idea, when you go for a photo, it's literally you go up, you, you shake his hand, they take the photo, you're going. It would be three seconds that you are actually with Tom Brady sure. to get this photo. So I'm thinking to myself, what can I do to to what do you say to Tom Brady? So. I said to him, I said to him, no, most people are going to go, go the Patriots, who's going to win? I said to him, and this is not a word of a lie, I said, your greatest ever accomplishment is the way that you co-parent your kids. Remember, he had, he's got an older son who's 16 to a girlfriend, then he's got two kids to his ex-wife, so he's a co-parent, three kids, two women. And he said, you co-parent? And I said, yeah. And he goes, it's not that great. He's used a swear word. And I said, yeah, it's tough. And then um, the cameraman's like, move on. He's at wait. And so then he talked to me for a bit. So wow. I literally got, I reckon I got 40 seconds compared to five seconds. Hey. But, you know, I never talked a thing about football. I talked about, because I watch what he does with sure. his kids. And I was like, you know what? 
mate, your greatest accomplishment is the way you cope, Aaron. He's like, how hard is it? You know, and I'm like, yeah, so it's that tough. Yeah. just paid for itself. Yeah, Look that's at that. exactly right. Yeah, that's so, crafty, Dopper. Yeah, I never talked about sport at all. I just that's talked about right. that, and I got the photo. So I'm going to get the photo through. But was it worth the a thousand eleven hundred dollars that I paid? Absolutely. Mm, you're uh, I know it's worth it. Uh, look, it's excessive, and I don't spend a lot of money on myself. I know you guys will laugh at that, but I actually genuinely don't. Uh, I spend it on maintenance and paying ex- exes. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, but I, I just think it was well worth it. It was so a you, lot of money. You think it was worth the price of admission to meet Tom Brady? 100%. $1,100. One triple three five three. Because you hear about these meet and greet opportunities with celebrities all the time. One, two, three, five, three. Have is it, have someone gone and had a meet and greet with a celebrity, whether it's in an event, a gig, whatever it is, here or overseas, and was it worth the price of admission? Mm. We'd love to hear if you're prepared to tell us how much you spent on the uh, meet and greet and and who it was with. I'd love to know. Dobbo saying eleven hundred dollars for Tom Brady worth the money. One, two, three, five, three. Steve from Clontarf. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Very well, Dobbo. Yourself? All right. Tell us how much you paid and who did you greet. Mate, it was a while ago. I was in the ballpark of about four bills, I think, and mm. of all people, it was Lance Armstrong. Was that pre okay. uh, pre <laughs> okay. discovering? Well, clearly, if you're paying was, four was... four grand to meet him, like, Hold on, a... is that what bills meant? Yeah. No, no, no. Four, sorry, four, no, four hundred. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I thought, oh. Steve. Four hundred. Sorry, yeah. You, Steve, um, you and me have different types of bills to Dobbo. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, 2010. Prior to the uh, reveal that he was the had the best chemist in the in, in the cycling <laughs> peloton. Yeah, but um, great night. Told a fam- fabulous yarn and to your point, Dob, about an MC. He was interviewed by none other than the great Paul Sherwin and, and the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett, and they just made the event. They would right. have. Yep. Asked all the right questions. He gave all the right answers, and yeah, cracking night. Yeah, okay. I, I so think Lance Arm. Yeah, four hundred. But the, I mean. You, you know, you could be, you can look at it both ways. Lance Armstrong, you know. Yeah. Just Before add, or after depends, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tim from Ormiston, what did you pay and who did you meet? Well, I um, met Metallica in 2013 in Brisbane and I paid Ooh. 10 grand. Whoa! So oh. That's a lot of money what to meet Metallica. What did you get for that? Oh, everything signed, what meet and greet, and then I got all the signatures tattooed on the side of my um, chest. Right. Oh, that's amazing. And then I've just been to LA for my fiftieth to see them at SoFi Stadium as well. How oh, were they? Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Magic. I, I, I can understand that. Yeah. They, in all seriousness, ten grand to yeah. meet them—they yeah. mean so yeah. much to you. Worth it in your eyes? Oh yeah, I've got everything framed up on my garage wall. The shirt that I wore that day, the whole lot, mate. So I've been a fan since 1988. That's uh, that's I worth that. the investment. Ten times over. No worries. I love that. So good. Uh, we might have to keep Tim on file as Brisbane, yeah. South East Queensland's biggest Metallica fan. I, I think, think we so might too. make note of that. Uh, time for one more, Liesl. Ben from Wakeley. Who did you meet? How much hey. did you pay? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, I was there last night with Dobbo. I agree. The MC, unfortunately, missed the mark by a long way. Uh, yeah. Shame. Dobbo was hoping to hear more about his college career and what it was like coming through the, the system that way. And, and you know, he, he dabbled on how hard he worked on some parts, but the MC, unfortunately, didn't, didn't cut it. Didn't go. Hey, well. Dobbo, how much did you pay for your photo, mate? Well, mate, it was $1,000, 1100 bucks, mate. You know, all up. So I talk, I talk my nine-year-old, mate. Um, Last-minute things, we got $150 tickets each, and we'll be on the back in the uh, the peanut section there. But <laughs> very kind promoter who came through just before kickoff there and, and come and grabbed us and said, my young fellow's in his Patriots jersey and his little bobblehead figurine is having to get autographed, which didn't come about. 
so I got whisked away. We were on the back of that, that line, and like you, mate, managed to throw a couple of questions about his college career and what he's doing next personally, and he, uh, he held up the line. There's only one other family after us, but he held up the line for a quick... I didn't get 40 seconds out of him like he did, maybe 20. But very unassuming, just easy going. Oh, so and how, so much, and how much did you pay for it, Ben? Mate, nothing. So can you share the link with me, please, mate? Because I need to get home. <laughs> hey, Ben, get stuff. <laughs> what a weekend and what a moment at the Gabba yesterday. Joseph, you know him now. He's run round the ground. The Windies are chasing him, and the West Indies have won the Test match. Oh, what a call by Gus Wall and non-Triple M cricket there on the weekend. His toe wasn't sore anymore. He no. was running. Yeah, magically went away. Uh, 24-year-old <laughs> West Indian fast bowler in his second-ever Test match had never bowled with a pink ball before. Ripped the heart out of the Aussie lineup, taking seven. It was incredible. It was a special, special day. It was good for Test cricket. That's what it was. One of the blokes who was part of the coverage who was that is Darren Buff Lehman. Recovering from the great Brisbane Heat victory, <laughs> he just held he just held it so straight all weekend. <laughs> Buff, good afternoon. Geez, you've been present to some cracking cricket over the last week, mate. The last week's been amazing, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to sober up as well after winning the BBL. Um, it's been an amazing week of cricket. Obviously, BBL win with the Brisbane Heat, and then the West Indies Test match, and add to that the England comeback in India. Yeah. It's just been unbelievable for cricket and, and reinvigorated Test cricket, really. I know we, we're sad when Australia don't win, but, you know, I wasn't too bad. No. I was actually, oh, dare I say it, I don't know why I'm saying it, but I actually really liked the West Indies winning. It was actually a feel-good moment, wasn't yeah. it, in Test cricket again? Boof, do you think uh, Australia was caught by surprise by West Indies? Because we were watching the first day and we thought, this is not going to go on for very long. Do you think Australia switched off at any point? and thought, we've got this in the bag, it's too easy? Oh, I don't think so. You hope not, but there was a little bit of complacency probably at, at five for, what were they, five for 60, five for 70, mm. day one. You think you know, they go through them. And then credit to Hodge and De Silva. They, they cracked on and put on 150 and they're back in the game. So I think they'd be disappointed the Aussies didn't really finish them off in that first innings. But having said that, full credit to the West Indies, they fought really hard to get back into the game and then bowled brilliantly. Shamar Joseph is the big story. His bowling performance yesterday was unbelievable and over the last two tests. But when he took that final wicket of Hazelwood (laughs) and he started running, I went back to the Wacker when Kirtley Ambrose won the car and he was driving the patrol around, the (laughs) Nissan patrol around the Wacker with all the players there. It had that sort of vibe again that they were back. They just, they were free. And even the backflip that happened on day two, like, I mean, I was just like, what is going on here? This team has so much spirit. it was great to see, actually. It was always, I tell you what, he, he bowls fast, but my God, could he run fast? He was off the ground in about two seconds. And, and that with a sore toe. He should go and run the 100, 100 meter Olympics. Yeah, the Paris Olympics are on this year. Maybe sign him up. Liam, Lisa, and I were talking earlier. Is that the greatest moment that you've witnessed or that you believe has happened at the Gabba? The hardest thing is so hard to win. All of a sudden, the Gabba isn't the stronghold that we had for so many years. We used to play so well here, uh, and, and it's the first day on test match we've lost. I think we yeah, won sure. 11 straight and then oh, lost one. So, you know, it was just a fantastic mm. atmosphere. And, you know, all the old blokes used to sit crying. And- there were a few people that reckoned the 94-95 Sheffield Shield final was a pretty good moment for the Gabba. 
Well, I, I, I played in that, you Wally. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm aware of that. <laughs> you were just wearing the different colour cap. Yeah. Stop being a dick. <laughs> Bullf, you must be still on cloud nine after the heat win. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Obviously, the way we play, we, we, you know, there was so much spirit in that group. We lost, obviously, a couple of key players in Munro and Billings who were fantastic for us as overseas. They actually got us to the position to finish top which gave us the double chance. So they played as big a part as anyone. And then the young kids just went about it, didn't they, in the finals and, and rectified after we lost the first one. They played and, and believed and actually went for it, which is what we've been doing all year. And then that's the hardest thing, after you have a couple of losses, to get them back on track and actually you know, keep going for it. So, yeah, they were good and you know, fully deserved to win the boys. Yeah, absolutely. We're the best side all year, deserved to win that final. Darren Buff-Lehman, an absolute privilege to have you on after what has been an incredible week of cricket for you personally and professionally. Go and enjoy yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, crew. Joseph, you know him now. It was the miracle on grass yesterday, the West Indies. And it was so nice to see, wasn't it? It was awesome. I think we were kind of happy for We enjoyed it. Now, earlier in the Test match, and a lot of people, us included, didn't think the Test match would necessarily get to the weekend, but it did. And on Friday, Dobbo, you were sitting in the comfort of a private box on Friday at the cricket? Yes, I was. Yeah. That's how he enjoys his cricket. With the people of CUB. Don't uh, throw stones because you were in there as well. I was, I was, Dobbo did invite me into the, uh, the oh. CV. He was there. So let's, okay. not, let's not try and make out like I was just like killing the fatted calf on my own. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a great day though. The, the crowd that turned out was wonderful. Epic. I did my favorite moment of the day, uh, at the Gabba as I left in the evening, I left about an hour before play finished for the day and people were sliding out of the gap at that point. There was some well-lubricated over-service people. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and you know how occasionally if you've been kicked out of a venue in your day for being overhydrated, you know sometimes with your mates you try the old, oh, let's change shirts trick. Yep. You try, oh, no, quick, let's let's swap shirts so they the bouncer might not recognise us if we change clothes. <laughs> I saw a group of lads trying that trick <laughs> with security at the gate. Problem was, they were all wearing the same party shirt. Oh. They were that, that far <laughs> they gone. Getting back in. They were that you know that doesn't gone. work. Yeah, no, exactly. you're so you stand out so much. But the highlight, and what I wanted to talk about, because I was in the Triple M commentary box, and it was wonderful getting to see the best in the business go to work. Brian Lara was in there. You had Mark Taylor. You had Brad Haddon. You, of course, had Dan Ganane and Mark Out, and all these wonderful callers. At one point, though, this was on the Friday. The Brisbane Heat team were coming through. Different sure. members. Nathan McSweeney, our friend of the show, yeah. who we spoke to last week, he had the trophy, the captain. Did you say hi to him and in- introduce him? I didn't get a chance oh. to chat with Nathan McSweeney. I did get a chance to have a quick chat with Xavier Bartlett and Matt Kuhneman. Yep. Uh. Now, Matt Kuhneman, he was he was Darren Lockyer-type croaky. He was oh. gone. But he did tell me how much he and his family enjoyed last year when we went on the search for the Kuhneman family on the yep. coast. He really did enjoy that. But then Liesl Jones mm. won Spencer Johnson. <gasps> oh, Dreamboat. Came yeah, isn't he? Wandering into the commentary box. Waltzing in. He did. He's got a, a swagger, t- yeah. When, you, when you're that tall and that blonde and that yep. handsome, yep. you carry yourself in a certain way. There's a bit of energy that changes in the room. It yep. was. The mood shifted, <laughs> Liesl. The mood you turn sh- around, you know someone's walked in. Exactly. <laughs> Spencer walked in. I introduced myself to Spencer and I said, 
how have the celebrations been? And he said they've been they've been good. Hectic, yeah. And I said we did get a chance to have a chat with Nathan McSweeney uh, the other day at the pub and he managed to keep himself in control. And he said, oh, yeah, he told us that and I've heard Liesl's a bit keen on me. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm happy to admit Me? that. That's, oh. that's exactly what Callum Ferguson said. He's, uh, he said, Lisa will get in line. Yeah, exactly. I'm about a hundredth in line. Anyway, so suffice to say, Spencer Johnson is aware of your interests. <laughs> and that I'm a creep. I'm going to put it out there. I'm awkward at the best of times, but I've had a very awkward encounter of the tradie kind quite recently, and it still terrifies me to this day. It wakes me up at 3am and reminds me of why I am so awkward and why I am the way that I am. And I really don't like it, so I need to make an official apology to a tradie that came to my house and fixed an oven and replaced an oven. So I took the old oven out and put a new one in. Mm. It had a very long day and was obviously driving around all of southeast Queensland repairing things. So he's an electrician and said to me, he's like, oh, can I please use your bathroom? I've been driving around all day. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. No problem. And then the thought crossed my mind, my toilet is a very weak flush. So doesn't it does, have doesn't have a super, super flush, flush and it doesn't have a half or a full flush either. It's kind of one of those old toilets that's just all in one, but the water pressure is not that strong. The thought crossed my mind that maybe there's there might floater. be <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a floater. Problem. Hope not. I just was so worried that there was anything in there because I don't have kids to blame it on. Because, you know, when you go to people's houses and they go, oh, sorry, the kids use that toilet. There could be marks on the bottom or something, you know, whatever. And I was like, I always try and keep that bathroom really clean. But it came without a warning that he's used the toilet and I was like. Did you leave skid marks on your toilet (laughs) and a bike? I don't think so. I hope not. And I did prep it. he was a very hot tradie, like very hot. And so I would just. What went, is a tradie doing using someone's bathroom? Like, seriously? I don't, care. I don't know Go that's for weird. It. Why? I don't know if that's the story here. I think it's more about. <laughs> and I Jones just, just left a floater potentially for no, one. I didn't leave a floater. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Mum. Dobbo's saying I left a floater. floater. I didn't. (laughs) So I felt so sorry for this tradie who was extremely attractive. I wanted to say I'm very sorry if anything was untoward, you know, there was something that... So did you though? Did you, I mean, what was was his face coming out of the... (laughs) No, he said no, it was fine. So I assume, but it still haunts me at 3am. It reminds me every morning that, yeah. It is a very, it's a very strange relationship that you can have with tradespeople that come into your home. Well, because it is quite intimate if they're going into your bathroom and yeah, and they, they have the potential to see you at your worst because I mean, I, you can't help but laugh when if people have a cleaner come around and they clean before the cleaner. Oh, the, yes. It's I've that been old chestnut that. of, of mm. you know, how much do you prepare, how much do you, how much of a, a facade do you put up when people are coming into your home? Yeah. I reckon tradies get to see it at its worst. Oh, no sure. doubt. No doubt. Because they're there when things aren't working. Yeah. And people aren't cleaning the house for a tradie. No. Unless they're a family member. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, well, I, look, I imagine, hey, if you're this tradie that had to fix Liesl's oven <laughs> and you can solve the mystery of whether there were skiddies, uh, <laughs> one triple three five three though, <laughs> strange encounters of the tradie con. I'd love to hear from tradies. I'd love for the tradies to... Tell us about the weird stuff you've seen in people's homes. Mm. Tell us what state you've seen people's homes in when, you know, you are permitted to use the bathroom. And or, do you judge us? Judgy Trady. Mm. Judy could replace Judge Judy. <laughs> Judge Trady. One triple three five three. Joshua Mullen Dana, good afternoon. 
Hey, hey, how we going, guys? Good. What have you seen? Uh, I used to work for my father, and we used to do the window finishing. So all your blinds and your awnings. And it wasn't uncommon to see people wanting us to put blackout blinds up through their attics and roof spaces and spare bedrooms to grow marijuana. Of course. Oh. On hydros. They always get found out, though, don't they, mate? Mate, you can smell it as soon as they open the front door and they play dumb. <laughs> what? What's that? Yeah. That's actually the real reason Lisa didn't want the tradie going into her bathroom. She had a oh, massive yeah. hydro set up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, Gavin Thank from Coomera, how are you, mate? Hello. Hello. Yeah, Gavin, how are you? Good, yourself? All right. What What have you seen on the job, mate? Well, it wasn't exactly on the job. It was at the headquarters of the job. Right. Okay. We had a, uh, we had a phantom shitter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you go on. mean? For the sake go of kids on, and cars, on, Gav, let's on. call him the, uh, the, the poo Pooper. bandit. Yeah. So what, what's happened? Uh, what did he do? So this poo bandit <laughs> would run around the uh, office bathrooms and we'd find poo on the walls, oh, on the bottom of the bowl. Don't know how they did it there. And along the sink as well. <laughs> it even, if you're one of the unlucky ones, we had someone find some on the toilet roll itself. <laughs> how long did this go on? Well, how long did the poo bandit strike the HQ? He struck about for about four months until one of the oldies went on leave and... Well, then we figured out who it was. Oh! <laughs> Got caught out by the holiday break. Oh, dear. Oh, definitely. Oh, Jeez. wow. I don't think I'm recovering from that. Lisa was <laughs> yuck. Lisa went into some sort of trauma there. <laughs> yeah, you get that. Yeah. At least mine wasn't like that. Barry from Marumpa Downs. What's your strange encounter of the tradie kind? Hey, guys. Uh, first time, long time. Yeah. Uh, yes, so Baz. Basically, what, what happened? So I, I, I did smoke alarm uh, inspections. So we have to go to all inside all the bedrooms and we get to see pretty much anything and everything that's in the house. Yep. Um, uh, recently, uh, well, actually just last Friday gone, um, you know, as we, before we enter the house, we do actually have to, you know, obviously we, we knock and everything. Uh, we do get keys from the real estate. So, you know, if no one's home, we can go in. Uh, but we announce ourselves, so we knock, we call out, we wait go in, we call out again, um, figured the house was all nice and cl- nice and clear, uh, got to the last bedroom, opened the door, oh, locked eyes with the guy who was shagging his, shagging his partner, <gasps> um, I quickly closed the door, said sorry, and then I sort of, I sort of waited, I, I got no response at all, and I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sort of standing there, I'm just standing there, and thinking, come on, like, I've got a, I've got a job to do. <laughs> Obviously, he's got a job to do as well, right, and I'll, I'll hang around. Did you, did, you, did you test the alarms, Baz? <laughs> No, no. Don't mind we, me. I'll just there's one way. Get a bit of paper and light it and get some smoke going in there. <laughs> That'll soon flush them out. Speaking of brains. 
we got one of the biggest <laughs> in the country joining us in studio from Channel 7's The Chase. It is the super nerd, Issa Schultz. Welcome to the oh, Rush Hour. Thank you very much. I love the build-up of the music. I just want that going down the street, you know, just to let people know I've arrived. Do you get nervous with that sound? <laughs> because I, if I smell Red Bull, I think I'm racing. So um, it, does that sound make you think I've got to get in the mode well, of answering questions? We do do some of the music as we record, including when Larry goes, it's time for the final chase, and then there's that camera zoom in where it feels like it's going up your nostril, <laughs> your left nostril. Uh, they play that music, and it's hard. <laughs> and like, and the, the money's staring at you, and, you know, over a 1,000 shows in, it still makes me a little bit edgy because yeah, right. uh, the money's on my shoulder, Channel 7 accountants on the other shoulder <laughs> going, oh, you've got a bit of explaining to do, Mr Schultz. Yes. But, uh, no, it's all fun. What a gig, what a gig. How does it happen? Born in England... Resides and family migrate to the sunny coast. Yes. You, I, I think we read that you were one of a school captain at Noosa State High. Oh, Is that yeah. one of the four? Is You've that done correct? Your research. Yeah, so nice. That's all well and good. Most blokes in Noosa are putting the Malibu under their arm. <laughs> How did you get to become the super nerd? <laughs> they saw me put the Malibu under the arm and said, <laughs> oh, let's get him off the beach immediately. No, uh, I'd been a contestant previously on another quiz show called The Rich List yep. back in 2008. Yep. And I was very lucky, a 25-year-old, and I won $200,000. Wow. I know, yeah. That's what I said. In fact, I said a few other things that we can't broadcast right now. Uh, but it was incredible. It changed my life, 25 yep. years old. And I was smart. I kept hold of it. You know, you just want to go, Spend splurge, it. you know. But I, I was pretty wise. And then they were going through old archives. You know, when they were doing the casting, they looked at old Sale of the Century winners. It was funny. They looked through old docs and, yeah. you know, people from the 80s are like, oh, they've passed on. <laughs> we won't use them. But they found me, you know, it was yeah. marvellous. So what were you doing in that time? You win the, the 200k yes. at 25 then the chase comes up. What were you? What was your job? Oh, I see. I was in finance, Macquarie Bank. Just really? doing sort of proce- processing stuff in Brisbane, Brisbane City. <laughs> yeah. Had a phone call one day. It was a pro- I remember it was a private number. I went, nah, you know, someone would be trying yeah. to scam me something. Checked the voicemail and I listened to it twice and I thought, gee, you know what? This sounds pretty legit to me. And then, and then they didn't say what the show was called. They said a show. But I knew straight away it was going to be the chase because yeah. that was the, the new big thing in the UK. And then when they did a cast call out, out on YouTube, of all things, I recognised the casting music from the UK version. So I did my research. I'm a pretty sad man. I did my research. I love that. And I went, you know, this is the chase. So when they rang me back, I said, come on, guys, it's the chase. I know what you're calling me for. And I know that might sound a bit confident, but I just said, look, I'm keen. If you're keen, I'm keen. And they said, we love it. You know, so I did seven or eight auditions in Sydney, flew oh, back and wow. forth, and I just had this very peculiar feeling it was going to happen. And and yeah. now the Chase Australia has been such a success that there's a brand new format which is yes. debuted today, Double Trouble, where Double contestants trouble. have to go up against not one but two of the chases. Can I ask, did you have any input into your character? Because I feel like, you know, did they say you will be the super nerd? Or We had another name in mind. A producer and I worked, We like we brain shopped, I think at West End at a cafe for a number of days, and we had come up with Brain Man. So you're like, like, like Rain that. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, super know. nerd is Super nerd is better, but Brain Man is <laughs> nice yeah, as so well. I'm, I'm picking cards in the casino saying, yeah, that's a three, that's a nice. No, but they, seven vetoed. They, they, had, they said super nerd. We said, oh, I'd rather not. That sounds a it's sort of, you know, nerds, yeah, nerd, super nerd. I said, let's go with Brain Man. And I remember the email coming back saying, nope, we're going with super nerd. <laughs> so, but you know what? They were right. They were absolutely yeah. right because it's catchy. People remember. Yeah. So mm. when you watch the show Rain Man, they, they, they obviously get banned from casinos. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, he plays yes. the Rain Man. 
Are you banned from trivia, local trivia, like in all seriousness? Like if you roll in, you know, in some team, are they like, hey, mate, it's, out you go? It's difficult. It's I remember, I won't say the venue because I don't want to offend the, oh, the host. Oh, oh, it was up at Redcliffe. <laughs> yeah, right. It was up at Redcliffe. Uh, and I used to go to this trivia for years yeah. before the show. So then I thought, I'll just go back. It'll be fine. Yeah. But, of course, when there's a cash prize, you yeah. know, people get very funny about it. And we were playing and they were giving a score update and we were doing quite well. But yeah. uh, And then I thought, I'll just go to the the gents and i was in the in the in the corridor going to the gents and this this chap you know poked me really hard on the shoulder and said you're not meant to be here and like poked me like really and i as you can see i'm skin and bones not much else so you know severe shoulder injury (laughs) you know put me out of action but he was he was genuinely upset you know and i i thought i can't do this so i stopped going i just thought it's easier for everyone if i give it away i can't get over this yeah Yeah, that's a super nerd assault but just going to a local trivia don't be like me being banned from the local pool because i can't even swim that's not fair never been asked to leave a trivia night <laughs> That's because he doesn't get any points. Oh. How, how much is, of your image is part of who you are? Because I love the smiling assassin. She's one of my favourites. Oh, I think she great? she's so beautiful. Mm, mm. But how much is of that is your image and what you really are? I think that's where I've got a bit lucky is that they wanted us all to be actors at the start, you know, and I said to them, I can't be mean. I really can't, yeah. you know. I just, it's not who I am. And I said, can I just be myself? And I know I'm a quirky guy. I just know. I know I've got my, you know, facial tics, twitches, ways of talking, you know, and I said, can I just run with that? And I was just lucky that they said, you know, this works. You're, you are different to other people. And that's that's what makes anyone, isn't it? Yeah. Tell you. If you're different, that's what we want to see, yeah. you know. So I, it, to answer your question, I, I think pretty much most of what you see, I mean, I don't have a bow tie on today. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so darn humid. I'm I'm not going to wear one. But uh, most of what you see is me. If you stop me on the street, uh, what I love hearing is you're exactly like you are on the show. That's that's good feedback because mm. that's what I want to hear. We are joined in studio by Isa Schultz, a.k.a. the super nerd from The Chase. Allow me to do my best Larry Emder. Oh, yes. Because, Isa, we would like to put your super nerdiness to the test if you'll stick around for us. I'd love to. I mean, you've got hair, so you're not Larry straight away. But, yeah, yes, yeah, so <laughs> feel, feel I mean, free. I'm <laughs> going to take that. Isa Schultz, the super nerd from The Chase, The Chase Australia, double trouble. It is now on your screens, Channel 7 and 7 Plus. We're going to put Isa to the test next. Issa Schultz, a.k.a. the Super Nerd, the Chase Australia Double Trouble, where contestants have to take on not one but two of the chases. Well, Liam's our nerd in this group because he got the highest IQ of all of us Ooh, when we did a test. Well done, yeah. what, what were you? Two, I was a 125. Twen- a 125, yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Pretty good. So, yeah. But what we'd like to do is... We don't need to put Michael Gendrels <laughs> up against the Super Nerd. Lisa. Well, you're trying to get a line-up. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, no. All right, now, Issa, can we can we put some questions to you? Oh, of course. I'll never right. say no to a quiz. I mean, we, we, we should do this. Make the most of it. All right. Here we go. We're going to give you some uh, some questions. Here we go. Issa, what is the colour? What is the usual colour of edible mould on a brie cheese? Uh, white. Oh, good. That is correct. Good. Oh, wow. Gee, the the studio audience we are can fantastic. Get, we can go they? around. Yeah. Okay. The Garden State is a nickname for which Australian state? I always muddle these up. Um, is it Victoria? It is. Oh. You want to hit him with one double? Steve Harris formed the English heavy metal band Iron What? Hang on. I recognise some of these. They're, uh, <laughs> Iron Maiden. These. <laughs> I've been asked these on the show, haven't I? Yeah, I said Iron Butterfly. Yeah. I remember now. I said Iron Butterfly. You have, Asa. 
And you remember, yeah, all these ones are questions you've gotten wrong on the chase oh. previously. <laughs> but so far... Oh, you've done your research. I'm very impressed. So far you are 100% right. Yeah, oh, that this. makes up for you've it. Three more me. to go. Oh, okay. Let's see how you go. Ashley Gardner represents Australia in which team sport? Oh, a sport question. What a shock. I got it wrong. Uh, in what team sport? Ashley Gardner. Um, no, I'm going to get it wrong again. Um, soccer. I, I wish I had an incorrect sound effect. It uh, is... I don't have a buzzer on me. Oh, here we go. Cricket. It is cricket. Which tropical fruit has the varieties Valeri and Goldfinger? Good. Valerie or Valeri? Valerie. Valerie. Yes, I remember this. Valerie and Goldfinger. I wonder what I said. I might have said melon or pineapple or something. I think it's something a bit weird. It was a weird answer. But I can't remember what it was. It was something I would never would have said in a million years. And normally he has three options in front of him. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, final chase. This yeah, is final this chase. This is the final, final chase. Yeah. I think so. And uh, clearly I'd have run out of time in the final chase before this dinner. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I'll have to say it's melon. A banana. Oh, banana. Valerie oh, no. and Goldfinger ob- banana. That obscure fruit. <laughs> that really strange <laughs> this, is, this is the pass or fail, Lisa. This is the oh, final no. question. Okay. To which African country does the currency code ZAR belong? Is that what I – oh, did I get that wrong? I – yeah, okay. You've been in finance as well. At I know. You think you, surely. I'm hoping I didn't say this last time, but I think it might be South Africa. It is South Africa. It is. I say last time? I, I have, have no idea. Uh, too, or something. too many Baileys in the green room before. Issa Schultz, the uh, super nerd from the Chase Australia, which, as we said, uh, the new format, Double Trouble, it is on your screens, Channel 7 and 7 Plus. Isha, thank you so much for dropping by. A delight. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Oh, I love that sting. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? This is Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo.